It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. Tyvis Powell. Jason Lloyd. Plus... You're loving him. Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! And welcome to a Friday edition of the ultimate Cleveland sports show. Yes, indeed. Adam the Bull, G. Bush, and Jason Lloyd is with us today. We got a lot to do. We're going to be on WKYC Channel 3. For those of you who don't know already, every Friday during the football season, we will be on the final half hour of the show. Is not on YouTube, but on WKYC Channel 3 here in in Cleveland, of course. So we're excited about that. A lot to get to today. Uh, I want to begin by talking about our lunch yesterday, guys. You were not there. Jason, where were you? I was busy. I, I, <laughs> what happened? He got, he got, he got, he got you a didn't tell. You did send it on the group. I yes, I come. did. Yeah, I should have come. All right. Well, yesterday, myself, G. Bush, Mikey McNuggets, Anthony, Steve, and Jack, our new sales guy, we all went to Sweet Pork Wilson's. By the way, i got to give kudos to Mike, who could be a professional food photographer. Yeah, he got us together. He really can. Got just using together. his phone. My wife, was, I was showing my wife the pictures Mike took. She's like, my God, Mike is really talented with the... What phone you got? What kind of phone you got? I was going to say, it's not me. Just shout out to Apple. I got the iPhone 14. I'm giving you credit, though. I, I just, appreciate that, but... I just uh, got that. Apple, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Those hold, are you, the ribs. Those are the ribs. You just got what? The 14. Apple, the iPhone 14. Is that yeah. the newest one? No, no 15 is the newest one. one. There's the ribs. That's us uh, at Sweet Pork Wilson's on the corner of 117th and Madison. Uh, the food was unbelievable. Man, Thanks crazy. to Ramadi and Jason, who are the owners of the place. They're great guys. They both played football at St. Ignatius. Yep. They were reminiscing with G about the uh, glory days. Yeah, glory yeah. days back in the day. They played for Ignatius. I mean, listen, they had this, this shaved brisket that was, it was tremendous, tremendous macaroni and cheese from scratch. I, there had to be like six cheeses in that. <laughs> um, and, and also the collard greens with the turkey. The turkey in that's been soaking for hours in the collard greens, and, and they had these these unique smoked wings I've never tasted before. Yeah, the cheesesteak was my favorite. The cheesesteak, the cheesesteak was amazing. We had the ribs, cornbread. We had we had a cornbread. The cornbread is just ridiculous. And then we had a ribeye steak there. Uh, they had uh, we a feasted. smoked steak. Yeah, we feasted. And then I took more home for my wife and my son. So yeah. the guys took great care of us. Check we had a great out. time. The fu- I'm still, I, even me, I'm still kind of full from yesterday's lunch. I'm going back. I'm taking my people's coming up today. Oh, you're now, going back this today? Weekend, not this weekend, they're coming okay. up here to go to the tailgate. All right. I'm going right back. You should. It's I'll be back call. over there. So shout out to those guys. We appreciate it. Mikey McNuggets, what do you have for us this morning? I'm doing good. Just like you, Bo, I have yeah. not eaten a lot in the last 16 hours after that meal. So shout out to Sweet Pork Wilson's. Yeah. And there's some more pictures on our Instagram, on our YouTube page, on Twitter, 
if you guys want to go check them out. And some videos. Locally owned business and uh, support good people who make good food. We're going to get into a bunch of topics today, but first, if you're looking to score early this NFL season, you better be doing it with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's a $150 Bonus bet coupon if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including threads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And last night, yeah. my guy, Dog 182 Won his first UCSS FanDuel parlay. He nice. hates the fact the Steelers won, but he did win $84 on a $10 bet. He had the Steelers' money line, under 36.5 points, and the Najee Harris touchdown. So shout out to B-Dog182 yeah. for that winning FanDuel ticket. And congratulations to him. The FanDuel latest point spread on the game is 8.5, guys. By the way, I tweeted last night that I hate the Steelers with every, every fiber of my being. <laughs> They always find a way to win. The tight, I felt like the Titans, I'm like, the whole game, Titans are going to win. Titans are going to win. Kenny Pickett does nothing the whole game. Every, every he had single. A, but he had the first drive and the last drive. Did nothing in between. And yeah. then when the Titans got that fourth down penalty on their last drive, I'm like, okay, they got a shot here. And I don't blame the kid. I thought the kid played pretty well, Will Levis. Yeah. yeah he's looked good through two weeks. Two weeks. Ryan Tannehill um, might have played his last game for the yeah, Titans. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. But that, oh God, I hate the Steelers so much. I, I just hate their, their nasty Everything playbook. about them. Their garbage little dink and dunk. Like, they don't be doing nothing. They get a couple sacks from uh, from Highsmith and uh, 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 TJ Watt. And it's just, they just go off of that stuff. I'm like, man, I, I, I hate them. I hate their game Watt. Plan. I hate TJ Watt. I hate the team. I, I hate <clears> everything about You them. can hate them, but you got to respect them. You do. And by the way, I think uh, I'll put myself in there. I da- I, I think I've da- I downplayed their talent coming into the season. They're a flawed team. I mean, they're, they're oh, like sure. any other team. Yeah. But they're more talented than I gave them credit for, uh, especially on offense. I mean, the Johnson-Pickens combo is better than I thought. Um, and it's just, I don't like their quarterback. I still don't like the quarterback. I still don't think Kenny Pickett's any good. But anyway, getting to the Browns. Now, uh, I mentioned the spread is eight and a half, guys. At this point, at 11.06, Friday morning, we are, what, 50 hours roughly till the start of the game? We don't know for sure who the quarterback is going to be for either team. Now, coming up on WKYC at 12.30, we'll make our predictions if we don't know it yet, which I'm assuming we won't in the next 90 minutes, uh, for who we think is going to start. But either way, let's start with from this perspective, Jason. I'll start with you. Does it matter in this game who starts for the for the Browns at quarterback? Well, the Browns should win the game regardless of whether it's P.J. Walker or Deshaun. I personally think Deshaun should sit another week. You know, I, I just I, I don't see the need to bring him back at this point. P.J. Walker is not great. We've been over that time and again. He makes terrible decisions with the ball. The Cardinals, though, sort of waved the flag last week when they traded Josh Dobbs, uh, and they, they basically pivoted for their season. And, and so I, I think the Cardinals, are, they can bring pressure better than I think people realize. They can bring pressure on the quarterback. And, and so from that perspective, P.J., if it's P.J. or Deshaun, is going to have to make good decisions with the ball. But the Browns should win this game regardless of who the quarterback is. You're at home. 
Uh, you're coming off a, a tough game that you probably should have won. And, and so I, ju- I just feel like being at home, the weather should not be a factor. They should win this game regardless of who the quarterback is. Jay, do you agree? You think it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for the Browns? They win either way? I, 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 think, it, I think it matters a little bit. I, I think the game plan changes a little bit depending on who the quarterback is. For me, um, this game, I'm not going to say it's a trap game, but, I mean, the, the Cardinals can come out here and beat the Browns. Uh, especially if the Cleveland Browns don't play to their strengths and what they need to do. Um, and like you said, when you got P.J. Walker playing and this guy's giving up turnovers and strip sacks and, and when you get, especially inside the red zone, like you, he has to understand situational football. Like, hey, I'm, I'm over the 30-yard line. We got three points. Let's not give it up here. I think the Browns are favored for a reason. I think they are at home. But there does it is a little bit of a, a, a idea that changes my, my perspective because to me, this was the week that would have been a perfect week to go back to DTR. Um, you, you could have had them ready. Maybe you know you, they kind of spot shot on them a little bit. They showed them in, in the Seahawks game. I think it would have been a great opportunity to go back to them. Obviously, they think that that you know PJ Walker is a guy that gives them a better chance. I would disagree with that, but. Um, you know, if Deshaun Watson is playing, even if it's a, a bad Watson, even if it's a, a Watson that doesn't have a lot on it, at least from my perspective, Deshaun would, would not give the ball away in certain perspectives at certain times of the game like P.J. Walker would. But do I pick the Browns that they should win this game? They should win this game if they want to be a playoff team. You can't lose to the Cardinals after you throw away a game in Seattle and, and call yourself a playoff team. Yeah, I think... I don't think it matters for this game, um, especially because, well, two things. First of all, I just think the Cardinals are a really bad team. And so even with P.J. Walker, where, you know, at quarterback, the Browns don't really have an edge. P.J. Walker is never going to have an edge over any other quarterback, even if that quarterback. Even a fifth-round rookie. Right. He, right. his first start. You know, at, at worst, it's at best for the Browns, it's even, which in this case it probably is. So, but – the rest of the roster, the Browns have a way better roster than Arizona. They're at home. You know, it's a Western team traveling to the East Coast, not East Coast, time zone for a one o'clock game. That generally is an advantage for the Eastern team, especially against a bad team. Um, so you either have you either have a guy making his first NFL start or his first NFL start in a year, either way. So the Browns should win the game either way. But another part of this, guys, is I just don't have any faith that if Deshaun Watson plays, he's going to really play that well. Like I, I think even limited, I still would rather, I still think he's better than P.J. Walker, very limited, but very limited as we saw him against Indy. I don't know how much better he is because I just don't have any faith that he's healthy or healthy, you know, healthy enough to play at a winning level. Well, I think we've been fooled enough with this whole thing that right. until you see it, you, how can you? And, and that sort of you know goes back to why I'm a little surprised they didn't make a move last week. Forget the trade deadline. I, but when they didn't make a move for a quarterback last week, I kind of assumed, okay, well, then they're not going to pursue a quarterback. But I just don't know how you can have faith that Deshaun is going to be, number one, healthy, and two, healthy for the rest of the year. What evidence do you have of that? This is a, I mean, we've heard Bernie talk about how it's going to linger. Like, right. this is... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I, I, I don't see how you can have any faith that he's going to be back to 100% by the end of the year. I, I just don't think that's very realistic. No. So you're sort of operating without a net here. Uh, but, gee, going back to one thing that you said earlier, I do think we could see the DTR package sort of expanded in this. They sort of dabbled with it a little bit. Seattle ran him out there. I could, I could see something where he's out there for not a series, mm-hmm. but for, for a gadget play or just a really, I think what you're trying to do is you're trying to give Baltimore and Pittsburgh something that they got to worry about. Even if they got to spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes on it in a practice, that's 10 or 15 minutes less than they're preparing for something else. So you're using this game to try and show Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Just give them a little something else to think about. So I do think that we yeah. could see a DTR moment. Again, later on WKYC, we'll predict who we think is going to start. I will say, though, that I thought Mikey McNuggets made a good point, Jason. I know you weren't here, uh, but Mikey made the point of, you know, in football, there's no equivalent really to a rehab start in baseball yeah. where you'd make a start in the minor leagues. And But maybe playing the Cardinals for Deshaun Watson would be that equivalent. I, I just – I think at this point, is is another week of rest really going to help that much, yeah. if at all? I think it is will. It? Yeah. I mean, you're talking four to six-week injury. We're now, what, six weeks? Are we at the six-week mark now? I think this is six Correct. weeks. This is six. Yeah, but, you know, I just don't look at it that way since he played two weeks ago. Well, and he looked terrible. Right. So, I do think that the extra week matters because he looks so awful. Yeah. Two weeks – you know, you're talking about 33% more. If he's had two weeks off, you know, add one more week to that. I think it would make it – for me, I, I'm, if, if I'm in charge, I'm sitting him. But we've said we – ju- you just said what Bernie said, that it's not going to fully heal this year anyway. Sure. So how do we know it's not going to – you know, it may be – maybe it's already reached its peak of how good it might be. Yeah. And if that's the case, then maybe we should see him against Arizona – because if he screws up against Arizona, okay, they can still come back. But if he screws up next week, well, then we got a bigger problem. Right. That's going to be if he throws a pick six to start the game, it's going to be a lot harder to climb out of that hole. I, I just that that's why I always assume that he's not going to be back a hundred percent. Like we 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 take an account for there's so many different ways you can set yourself back when you have an injury like this. You could be throwing the ball. You can land on your shoulder. You can be hit. You can be roughed up. Um, you could have accumulation of swelling just from throwing the ball over a, a period of time, over a couple of week period of time. We don't know how this thing is gonna. And one thing that that everybody knows that has had injuries and and, and difficulty with surgeries or anything, wait till it get cold outside. This is a guy who dev, never who has admitted does not like the cold weather. Now you got an achy shoulder. It's November. Yeah. It's December. It's cold outside. You're landing yeah. on it. That's why, for me, I've always thought like, like Cleveland Browns fans and the coaching staff cannot count on Deshaun Watson riding in, just making sure that he like everything is on him. Like, hey, we get Deshaun back, we'll be ready to go. I don't think that's no, that, that's not, smart. Not that's this not going to happen. No. Not this year. And it's not going to be brutally cold on Sunday, but it's not going to be hot. Yeah, I mean, right. It's probably going to be 50 degrees at game time. Yeah. Roughly. Hey, I'll take that for that lake sure. front in November. Yeah. yeah, especially since, again, 
G, Mikey McNuggets, and I will be tailgating. We are coming down to the Muni lot. Yep. We will come stop by your tailgate. We're going to try to hit as many people as possible. If you specific, we're going to try. You know, we'll see a lot of people out there. But if you specifically would like us to come, send us an email, send us a message on on Twitter. If you're going to be out there, what we'll time try are you guys heading them. out there? Uh, we still haven't figured out an exact time. I'm going to guess nine o'clock. Yeah, probably not. Working time nine o'clock. Yeah, man. All right. So that means I have to get this. I have to be there here at eight. So if I want to go, I got to be here at eight. Well, if I want to get to the, if I want to get to the mini lot, because I got to be. Yeah, on but the, the mini lot's right here. If I get to the Muni lot at what nine? That's two hours. That's not enough time because I got to go to the radio at eleven. Yeah, maybe eight thirty. We'll, 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 we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But let me ask you this question, guys. We've been talking about does it matter in this game in terms of win loss whether Deshaun Watson or or um, PJ Walker play, and we all are in agreement that we think the Browns will win no matter which of those guys plays. Now, I think at this point, we're all assuming that Clayton Toon, the rookie, is going to start for the Cardinals. If Kyler Murray plays, does that now change your opinion on whether it matters or not if, if Deshaun Watson plays? Gee, start us off on this one. Uh, well, listen, if Kyler Murray is playing, that's a different animal. Um, now now their room for error goes up a little bit. Now you got you got to take and consider. Now, look, he tore his ACL. I don't know if he's going to be running around like, but I assume that if he's Kyler Murray, that's part of his game. Right. At least he's going to be able to extend plays. Um, and you, you saw what Kyler Murray did to the Browns a couple years ago when he was here. He completely embarrassed the, embarrassed the Browns, you know, uh, against that in that game. So to me, of course, if Kyler Murray plays a little bit, that's going to be, you know, a, a better chance for the Cardinals to put points on the board. However, it's like preseason for him. Like it, we talk about Deshaun Watson being rusty. This guy hasn't played any preseason. Hasn't done anything. He's coming right off the, the IR, right to the field, playing against the Browns defense that, that has been dominated at times this year. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a, a boost for them, but I don't expect that to be the determination of whether the Browns win or not. Yeah, Jason. G, you sort of went where I was thinking. You guys remember what Deshaun looked like against Houston last year, coming back yeah. after a long layoff? Yeah. It was a disaster. And this is a significant knee injury. You don't know where his mental is. Can he go off that knee? Uh, does he have the confidence in it? And I saw Drew Pensing, the Browns' old uh, quarterbacks coach, who's now Arizona's OC, said this week, it'd sort of be like <coughs> playing a game July 28th. That's how many practices Kyler's had. So, mm. so for that reason, you know, I, I think I'd be a little bit surprised if he plays, if Kyler plays uh, on Sunday. Just I, He just hadn't had a lot of practice reps. So yeah. is he better than... Clayton Toon, yeah, okay, probably, sure. But I don't think it's a drastic difference at this point just because of how much time he's missed, the injuries coming off, and the fact that he really hasn't had a lot of practice reps yet. I think no matter what the quarterback combo is in this game, whatever it ends up being, I think the Browns are likely to win the game. I think we all agree there. However, I will say that with Kyler Murray, you don't – like Kyler Murray's best – is really good. Oh, yeah. His best is really good. Sure. And he, at times, you know, I think we, people have kind of dismissed him as like, oh, he's not that, he's not a good quarterback. Now, he's played in a system, in my opinion, that people have been critical of him, his lack of, of, you know, the whole thing with the contract last year. Is he working hard enough? Who knows? I don't know what the truth is there. I would say that he was playing for a terrible coach in Cliff Kingsbury, who never should have been an NFL coach in the first place. And Cliff Kingsbury just let him kind of do whatever he wanted and didn't have a system in place. Now they do. Whether he's ready to play in it or not, I have no idea. But Kyler Murray 
is still a, you, know, you don't get drafted in the first round in two different sports if you're not a talented player. He's a talented player. He's way more talented than Clayton Toon, and he's way more talented than Josh Dobbs. So it is a wild card. Again, even if he starts, I still expect the Browns to win. I don't think the line's going to change much because he hasn't played in forever. Right. But would it stun me beyond belief if he started and played a good game? No. If you told me the Cardinals quarterback ended with 250 passing yards, I'm going to guess it's Kyler Murray that played and not Clayton Toon. Fair. I would agree with that. I so, would agree. I would so agree from that. that, I mean, certainly the ceiling is higher with Kyler. Way higher, I yeah. just think, like, Browns fans more than anyone have seen what it looks like when That's you're right. coming back mid-season after a long layoff when yeah. everyone else is rolling and in rhythm yeah. and you're starting from scratch. I mean, man, you know, this is so crazy. I, I, I would, I'm just sitting there thinking in my head, though, it, it would be kind of nice to see Deshaun Watson get, you know, come out there, go through a whole game, get hit a couple times, get up, not be injured, throw for 225, 230, maybe a touchdown or two, well, and, and then get ready. And then you, can, yeah. you I'd have some confidence going into that Baltimore right. game right, saying, right, right, right. Yes. okay, all right, we, well, we got something to think about. But, you know, I, I kind of I worry about him playing, just, just knocking off the rust, just going right back to Baltimore. It's just it's mm. a tough one. Mikey? Jason said Browns fans have experienced seeing a quarterback come off a long layoff and potentially being rusty. They also have experience this season of seeing a fifth-round pick come into a game where he didn't have a full week of reps leading into the game knowing he's a starter, which could be the case for Arizona with Clayton Toon this week, who was drafted one pick ahead of DTR. 139 was Toon, 140 was DTR. With what we saw from DTR in that Baltimore game, where he was thrown into the fire, not fair to, to judge him. Obviously, it was a catastrophic result. What would it say if Clayton Toon was able to come out under, not apples to apples, but apples to oranges circumstances here and play well against the Browns' defense? Would that be an indication or indictment on the Browns in their preparation, yeah. or would it be an anomaly? I mean, I, it is, it's not completely apples to oranges situation. Clayton Toon, I mean, as far as we know, he doesn't know for sure he's starting this week. Maybe he does. And, they, and we don't know that, but we don't know for sure. He's never played, and he's, in fact, he's going longer into the season without playing, so it's been longer since he's played in the game than DTR. Plus, the Browns had to face a tough defense in Baltimore. Oh, excuse me, DTR had to face a tough defense in Baltimore. Clayton Toon has to face a tough uh, defense in the Browns. Uh, DTR at least got to play at home. Wasn't that Ravens game at home? Yes. It was at home, yes. correct. Or Clayton Toon's got to play on the road. And... Clayton Toon's got way less talent on his team than DTR does. So, if anything, this would be even a tougher spot, in my opinion, for Clayton Toon than it was for DTR. Yeah, we don't know how they're dividing the practice reps. I don't think. We don't. I, I haven't seen how Arizona divided the reps. That's where I think the Browns ran into trouble. They were trying to get two quarterbacks ready, and they had neither ready with, with Deshaun and, yep. and DTR. The Baltimore week, that's when, you know, I think I said on the show, Deshaun took all the run reps and DTR took all the pass reps. So when you try to get two ready, you don't get any. And I don't know how it's going in Arizona. You know, I don't know if if Kyler's splitting the starters reps with Clayton or if Clayton's getting all of them. But it does make a difference, especially in the situation you're talking about where you're a young guy trying to make your first start. Obviously, you want as many reps as possible to be ready to go. But at the same time, you're trying to gauge how far away the veteran is right. and how much more time he needs. So it's a tough spot for the Cardinals to be in. I mean, this, this, this is a job where – well, you come in and you look at uh, shorts, you look at the, this defensive line, and you say, look, 
we're not giving no rookie all this 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 space. We're not giving him no none of this. The same way they do us with our our terrible little JV quarterbacks yeah. with DTR and, and PJ, they don't take no time to be coming after PJ Walker. They just right now right. five five. You go want to go five wide? We'll bring six well, that's people. What the Steelers did against Will Levis. It, 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 look, it, when you get a rookie in there, you yeah. have to let him know. Oh, this is going to be a very long day, and this is what the NFL is about. We're going to bring heat and pressure, and you're going to have to figure out in like two seconds where to throw the football. We should be jumping routes. We should be getting sacks. We should bring the heat from beginning to end, and the goal is to embarrass him. That's not not, not lighten up or, or let him get comfortable. You don't let rookies get comfortable. Coming up on the, uh, on our, the WKYC portion of the show today, folks, Mikey McNugget, who is – McNuggets, who is, I took away his S. Mikey McNuggets, who is great with his uh, Friday, you know, five packs. Is it a five pack or six pack? I can't remember what it is now. Five stats you need to know. Five stats you need to know that he does a really good job with every Friday. There is one of those that we're going to talk about on WKYC that is mind blowing when it comes to rookie quarterbacks against Jim Schwartz. Very interesting stat. That's coming up a little bit later. Go we ahead, actually Mike. have a little bit of breaking news real we quick. We do. This is Browns-related, but not quarterback-related. Oh. Cade York is a New York Giant. The Giants have signed Cade York off the Titans practice squad after Graham Gano had his season cut short due to a knee injury. And if Cade York thought the Cleveland media was tough, <laughs> is he in for a surprise <laughs> when oh he boy. misses a kick Well, they in just New York signed City. a veteran kicker yesterday. That's weird. Randy Bullock, who's going to be on the practice squad. The Giants are signing York to the active roster. Oh. So, so York guess- is expected to Giants starting kicker this weekend. Wow! Why would they bring? Why would they bother bringing Randy Bullock, a veteran, to the practice squad? I, maybe they're going to compete this week and they'll change their mind. Who knows? But all right, we'll see if Kate York gets a chance uh, with the Giants. Yeah, good Get luck in New York. Good luck in New York. He's done. <laughs> Dunsky. I actually love the Gi- Giants this week. They're my best bet. Love the Giants. Who are they playing? They're playing the Bears. No, they the, play the Raiders. I'm sorry, the Raiders. They're a two-and-a-half-point dog. That is a horrible game. But I don't understand why the Giants are an underdog in that game. Because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> but the Raiders suck worse. No, every you time sure you fire your coach, you get I'm a bump. Totally, you, get the, nah, you, get, you get the coach fire bump. Come nah, on. that doesn't always happen. And Antonio Pierce, who's the Raiders' interim coach, was the Giants' middle linebacker when they won the, the Super yeah, Bowl a couple years I ago. I know that. But Daniel Jones is coming back. Listen, I know he played terribly early in the season. And I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan. He's a solid NFL quarterback who just played poorly earlier in the year. And there were circumstances that, that contributed to that. He is a solid NFL quarterback. Are we, are we to say any, are, I, I believe that. Are we sure about that? Well, I, you, I, I feel like he's solid. Solid. Not spectacular. He's okay. Way he's overpaid. Okay. Uh, they're, they're starting Aiden O'Connell, the Raiders. I, I, I don't know. I love the Giants this week. What kind of bump do you get when you fire the GM, the head coach, and the OC? Oh, listen, that's like that's a, a touchdown. That's a Super Mario Brothers that you get split power, you hit fireballs, and you get the star. And a, and a rack <laughs> And you go tail. to the rookie quarterback. Well, we got Tim setting up here, so let me yeah. do a fan duel to bring Tim here in one okay. sec. But we actually had the wrong ticket pulled up last time, so we're going to give oh. this guy another shout-out again because we love our FanDuel customers and anyone who bets with us using FanDuel. So if you're looking to score early this NFL season with FanDuel, 
you better do it now because FanDuel is unquestionably America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So make sure you head over to FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the NFL season. And we mentioned J-Dog 1A2 earlier, where here yeah. is his winning ticket. Like I said, he had the Steelers' money line, a Najee Harris anytime touchdown, and under 36.5 points. The game ended at 36 points, so mm. by the... Slimmest of margins, he turned nice, 10 bucks into 88 bucks. So shout out to J-Dog for winning money. You could be our uh, featured FanDuel ticket of the day if you send it to us on Twitter. That's painful to have to bet on the Steelers. It is. And he even uh. said he wishes the Steelers would lose, but if they're going to win, it's nice to make some money off it, and it's hard to disagree. So with that, yeah. let's welcome in our QB1. We don't have any issues on Friday. We know who our quarterback is. That's right. And it is Tim Couch. What's up, Tim? What's up, guys? How you doing today? Tim, we're great, and we're happy to have you here. And before we get to the Browns, I got to ask about your guy, Will Levis, because I like a, I like what I've seen from this kid in the first two games. He he plays with a lot – I hate to be cliche, but he plays with a lot of moxie. And he did not – I know he throws a pick at the end of the game. It's a tough spot. The game's running – the clock's running down. But I really like what I've seen from him for the first two weeks. He's got way more to prove at this point. But uh, they didn't lose that game because of him yesterday. Uh, I, I like him. And, you know, when Burks went down at the yeah. end, that was tough. Uh, you know, you could have used him on that last drive. But what's your take on it? I mean, how well do you know him? I assume you know him well. And and what do you think of his yeah. first two games? Yeah, I know uh, Will really well. We have uh, we got to be really good friends. We got to be really close while he was here at Kentucky. And um, uh, we talk all the time. I talked to him, uh, you know, last week after his uh, big game, uh, his, his first game where he threw four touchdowns. I talked to him after the game. And uh, just congratulated him, and, and Will's a good player. Um, you know, in my opinion, he should have been a first-round pick. He played his last year at Kentucky, hurt the whole season, and in a bad situation. The offensive coordinator uh, was only a, was only here for one year, so it was kind of a bad system for Will to be in. And like I said, he he was playing injured that whole season. And Will's a tough guy. Uh, he's going to be out on the field whenever he can. He probably should have set out a lot of the season last year, uh, but he probably hurt himself a little bit with some performances. Uh, that he had trying to play through that injury. But, you know, he's shown so far in his first two games that he's uh, he, he looks comfortable in the NFL. He looks like yeah. he belongs. Uh, you know, he's he stands strong in the pocket. He made some really tough throws last night uh, with guys right in his face where you see he's able to just kind of flick the ball out there with that arm strength. He doesn't really have to step into these throws uh, the way a lot of quarterbacks do. So he, he's got a unique skill set. Uh, he's got great leadership ability. He brings a lot of toughness to the position. And, uh, you know, I'm pulling for him. You know, I hope he has a great uh, a great career there in Tennessee. Hopefully they can get a little more talent around him. And, yeah. uh, you know, the offensive line is a little little broken down right now. He's getting a lot of pressure, taking a lot of hits. And, and hopefully they can add a few more pieces on the outside for him to throw the ball to. Man, he's a big, strong kid, uh, too. He looked like Ooh. he, he looked like he'd been lifting weights with you, yeah. Tim. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's, he's a big dude, man. He really is. Yeah, we uh, – we, we played golf, uh, you know, a few times while he was here at Kentucky. I took him out to play golf, and he had never really played golf before, but he's just one of those guys that's just such a natural athlete. He's picking up the golf club and just bombing it down the middle. You know, he's hitting it past everybody in the group, and Will is such a – he's a strong, physical dude. He's got, he's got a lot of energy. Uh, he, he just brings a good moxie to the, you know, to the, to the offense, to the position. You know, guys, I think 
believe in Will. I think they rally around him, and yeah, and he is definitely a big dude. He's probably he's probably six four, two forty or so. I mean, and, and built. You know, he's ripped up. Uh, he's a great athlete, and uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him. I think. You know, we've been we've been talking. You know, for, it seems like every every week about what we doing at quarterback, and you know, you got the Cardinals coming up. Um, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it and say, let's give Deshaun Watson another week, get ready for the Ravens if that's at all possible. Or you can look at it and say, well, look, Deshaun has not had an opportunity to play, didn't get his, didn't get the rust knocked off, so to speak, has not played against Tennessee. Maybe we use this as a way in order to get to, uh, um, to, to you know, see what he, what he has in a tune-up game. Where do you stand on that? One more week of rest or possibly getting him out there if, he, he, if he's healthy? Yeah, I think it's a really tough spot, you know, I think because, you know, my initial reaction is let's get him out there against Arizona. Let's knock this rust off because these next two games coming up after this are obviously extremely tough and extremely important games, uh, you know, for a playoff run. So, you know, you got to go win those two games and, and you need Deshaun, uh, you know, playing at his best. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, sit out a few weeks. I know he played a few weeks ago against Indianapolis for a little bit, but, you know, to go out there and play a whole game is a different situation. And, you know, you want him, you know, want him at his best. You want the rust knocked off. And I think this would be a great game to do it if he's healthy, you know. But, you know, that's all going to be on, on Deshaun and, and how his body's feeling, how the shoulder's feeling. Uh, you know, you don't want him to rush it, but also you want him back out there, like I said, to get, uh, you know, to get ready for these next two games. So it, it's a tough situation that, uh, you know, only, only Deshaun, I think, really knows the answer. You know, I think, you know, after going through a week of practice and throwing the football, you know, we've seen some clips of him throwing, throwing a practice where he looked – like, like his old self, um, you know, but how did the shoulder feel the next day? You know, how did it feel after two days of throwing, after three days of throwing? Uh, because this type of injury can linger on you. And, um, you know, you just never know what's going to flare it up, whether it be, you know, kind of consistent throwing over a few days, taking, taking a hit like we saw in Indianapolis where it knocked him out of the game. Uh, so you never know what's going to set you back. But, uh, you know, hopefully they can make that decision, make the right decision. And, uh, you know, I would love to see him out there against Arizona and getting ready for these next two games. Speaking of Arizona, Tim, they've got their own quarterback issues to try and sort through. Would you rather, if, as a young guy, as a young quarterback, would you rather have all week knowing you're going to be the starter, or do you want to just find out Friday, Saturday, okay, you're the guy where you don't have as much time to sort of overthink it? Yeah, yeah you know, for me, I think it's more comfortable knowing that you're going to be the starter. Uh, you know, not only just kind of mentally, you know, you're preparing yourself and, and you're getting ready to, you know, what, whatever it takes to be to, uh, to, to start a game in the NFL, you know, for your preparation and everything else that goes into that. Uh, just kind of knowing you're the guy the whole week long, you're taking all the reps in practice, you know, you're getting all those, you know, those reps throughout the week and the red zone and the blitz drills and, and everything like that. And uh, just getting, you know, being in there with the guys, you know, getting used to, you know, how the center, uh, you know, snaps the ball, how guys come out of routes, you know, how receivers run certain routes, how, you know, how guys, uh, you know, see blitzes, how they're breaking off side adjustments and things like that. So it just gets you a little more experience, a little more familiarity with the guys. And, uh, you know, so, so certainly for me, I think it's it's better to kind of know all week long, uh, you know, and there, you know, it's, you know, there is, uh, you know, those cases where guys don't even know they're going to be the starter, like you said, and they throw them in there, hey, you're in, the starter can't go. And you really don't have time to think about it. And that, sometimes that's good for guys too. But for me personally, I always like kind of having that preparation and uh, that, that week leading up to get myself ready to go. Tim, uh, P.J. Walker, the, you know, he's, they've won two of the three games that started and could, could have very easily won the third game in Seattle. But the turnovers are a massive problem right now. One touchdown and six turnovers in three games. When you're a quarterback who hasn't played a lot, is there anything the coaching staff can do to help you try to avoid those mistakes? 
or in the end you're on the field you're you're you know you're your own man there's nothing they could do what can the organization help uh, yeah you know i think it's a little bit of both you know ultimately it comes down to the player you know you're the one out there making that final decision you got the ball in your hand you decide when and where to throw it uh so so it comes down to the quarterback you know you can teach a guy all week long you try to put him in the best situations where, hey, let's don't force this, you know, and, and it's situational football. You know, it really is, and I think that comes with experience. You have to understand where you are on the field, what point of the game you're in, you know, the down and distance, you know, everything that factors into that as a, as a veteran quarterback, when a play call comes into your helmet, you factor all those things in almost immediately. You know, okay, I got third and six. It's, it's second quarter. You know, I don't have to really force anything right here. If it's not there, I can either throw it away. A sack is not a bad play, and I think you just have to kind of – you know, learn that as a young player that uh, you don't have to force the issue all the time. You know, you, you you know, for PJ, he's got a great defense. He's got the best defense in the league backing him up. So a punt sometimes is not a bad thing at all. You know, go ahead and punt it. You know, don't put your defense in a bad situation with a turnover on a short field. So those are things you just have to learn. And hopefully we can see him start to make some better decisions and taking care of the football a little better uh, the more experience that he gets. Tim, I can't understand this for the life of me. Maybe I'm just a – uh, over a washed up fat boy defensive lineman that ate myself out of defensive end. Now I'm a tackle <laughs> or a stand up three technique. Um, why is it that we go five wide, right? And five wide takes a lot of execution. Like, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, you got to read blitzes and you identify who's coming. Maybe if you have problem, you got a one on one with Jed Wills or a tackle outside. And on top of that, you got to read the defense and do it all in like under two seconds and then throw to the right person. It just seems like sometimes when we go five wide with P.J. Walker or some of our younger quarterbacks, there seems to be some some holding on to the ball and predetermining of throws. How difficult is it to really get into the gun and five wide? Because you was doing it since you was in middle school and diagnose what they're doing and, and run that, you know, just run it up to a level, a high standard. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, for some quarterbacks, it, it creates a really clear picture. You know, for other quarterbacks who haven't really done a lot of that, you know, I think it can be uh, confusing because it does, your, your clock does need to speed up. You know, like you said, you only have five guys in there to block. You get in a lot of one-on-one situations in the pass rushing game. So the ball has to come out, you know. But for me, I really liked it because, you know, it really makes the defense kind of show their hand of what they're going to play. It's hard for them to disguise, to disguise coverages when you're spread out with five wide all over the field, you know, because these safeties have to get to where they're going. You know, these corners have to, you know, kind of show their hand. And then, you know, also if you got a running back attached and he's, he's, he's lined up out wide, you got a linebacker walked out there with him, you know, you're in man coverage. So, you know, it, it kind of clarifies things for the quarterback really quickly. You can process information pre-snap uh, a lot with the five wide situation. But, but like I said, it all comes down to the personal preference for a quarterback. If you, if you haven't played in that type of system before and all of a sudden they throw it on you, it can be a lot because the football does have to come out quick. There's no holding the ball. There's no going from one side of the field to the other with your read. It's it's pretty much, you know, you, you're predetermining, uh, you know, who you're throwing to unless they take that away. It's it's a quick one-two read and pretty much you're, you're going to start scrambling and get out of there because you don't have time to hold it with five guys blocking like that. So it's I always loved it, but I've been doing it, like you said, uh, you know, since I was a kid. So it felt really comfortable to me. It painted a really clear picture for me being in the shotgun with the field spread like that. I really like that. But uh, you know, like I said, it's all personal preference for, uh, you know, some quarterbacks enjoy it, some don't, but uh, but it does uh, present some different problems for you. We're on to Arizona, but we haven't had a chance to talk to you since Seattle, so I'm just wondering your thoughts on the, the, the third and three call to throw it, number one, and then number two, the decision P.J. made 
with the ball where he went. There was other guys looked like they were getting open if he could have held it for a, a second longer. Just your thoughts on the throw on third and three and then P.J.'s decision where he went with it. Yeah, you know, I really didn't have that big of a problem with it. You know, I think, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, a safe play call. It just kind of happened where the ball got batted up in the air, which, you know, those things happen. You know, a guy made a great play, got a helmet on the ball and knocked it up in the air and, you know, got picked. But I think he was kind of going to the right place. You know, he may have, may have forced it a little bit. Like you said, if he could have held the ball, there was someone coming open on the backside for an easy first down. Uh, but, but I didn't really have an issue with the play call. You know, I mean, I think, you know, at that point, this is the NFL. You got an NFL quarterback out there. You think he can go out and throw – you know, some quick game like that and and, uh, and convert a first down. And you have to put trust in those guys in those situations. And, uh, you know, I thought I thought it was an okay call. You know, I didn't, uh, like, like I said, didn't have too big of an issue with it. Tim, Pierre Strong got his first extended look, if you will. It was a three-headed monster at running back. But we've seen a decent amount of Ford and obviously Kareem Hunt here before. It's the first time we've seen a lot of Kareem, uh, of Pierre Strong. What did you think about his performance? I thought he played well. You know, you know, like I said, it's kind of a running back by committee. Uh, right now with Nick being out, but uh, they, they've shown they've got some talented guys. And, uh, you know, all those guys bring something a little different to the table, uh, you know, when they're in the game. And they can all, you know, you can get them involved in the passing game as well. And, you know, these guys are, are really good at, uh, you know, at the in the screen game. You know, the Browns do a great job of throwing screens, getting the ball uh, in, the, in these players' uh, hands in space and, you know, getting blockers out in front. So, you know, I really like their group of bats. You know, these guys are doing the best they can. They're doing a good job. They're being productive. Uh, you know they're 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 moving the chains. They're they're creating some explosive plays, like I said, in the running game and also in, in the screen game as well. So I, I like all those guys, and I think they all bring a little something else, uh, something a little different to the table. Man, I'm I'm gonna steal this. I I brought this up yesterday, and since you're the resident quarterback here on Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, I was talking about it. My man Quincy Carrier came up with this thought process. He said, "Look, you know it's kind of difficult to put you know Deshaun Watson on the field when you don't know." whether or not he's going to be able to throw the ball with adrenaline in game time throws. And he came up with, with something I thought was, was very interesting. He said, what if you, before the game, put Deshaun Watson in shoulder pads, like all the equipment, and put him through a pro day? Like where he goes out and they hit him with the brooms and he goes out and throws the intermediate in the deep routes and all the other stuff and they simulate the pressure, making sure the ball is wet or whatever the case may be. And then if he could go through a pro day and be able to put his jersey back on it, then you you know he could throw the football. I thought that was kind of interesting. Is that feasible? Is that too much throwing if, in a pro day circumstance um, that could aggravate it? Or, or how, how well could you gauge from that? process that he was ready to throw the football comparing the two because you've been through both of them yeah you know i think it'd be a good test you know i don't know um you know exactly what all they could do you know kind of pre-game but i think you know there's probably ways you know throughout the week in practice to you know simulate those things you know to kind of speed up the process a little bit because i think you made a great point it's those adrenaline throws uh you know in a game that you just can't really you know you don't get throughout the week at practice obviously you're trying to go full speed but you know you know you're not live as a quarterback in practice you're not going to take a hit uh, so, you know, when the blitz is coming and you got to stand in the pocket, you know you're about to take a big hit and you got to throw a, you know, a 16-yard in route over the middle to convert a big first down late in the game. Those are different type of throws. And, uh, you know, your body speeds up, your heart rate goes up, you're putting a lot more velocity and torque on the, on the throw, trying to, trying to zip it in there between defenders. So th those are really throws that you can only simulate uh, when a game is uh, when, in game action, live action, when you know somebody's bearing down about to hit you. So I don't really know exactly how you could, you know, kind of simulate that in a, in a pro day situation or a practice situation. I think it's more just, you know, those, uh, you know, put him out there and see, uh, 
you know, see if he can do it in a game. And you know, I think really only Deshaun knows that. You know, he's played this game for a long time. He's played at a high level. He knows what he's, what, how he feels and if he's capable of making those throws. You know, it's, if he can step it up from, you know, kind of practice speed to that game speed. And, you know, I think only Deshaun can really answer that question. Tim, whose call is this on Sunday on whether Deshaun plays? We may have asked you this in the past, but is the, if Deshaun says I'm good, does he go? And how much does ownership play a role? in these types of decisions? Because I don't think that gets talked about enough. I know ownership was part of the reason Baker kept running out there last year because they needed to make right. a decision on him in terms of a long-term contract. But in a situation like this where the contract is settled, who's, who has final say on whether Deshaun plays and how does this, how does this work? You know, I would think it would come down, you know, to the to the doctors and the coaching staff, you know, and, you know, the, the communication there along with Deshaun, you know, if the doctors have said, you know, I think which they have said that he's he's cleared to play in their book, you know, then it comes down to to really Deshaun. You know, I think that it's ultimately his decision. Uh, you know, he, he, he he's the one that's going to go out there and take those hits and make those type of throws that he has to make to win football games. And only he knows if he can do that. You know, he, he, he's the one that's, uh, you know, that feels that pain. And, and uh, if he doesn't feel like himself, then he needs to relay that to the coaches because, you know, this is a, you know, we've talked about it. This is going to be one of those injuries that kind of linger for Deshaun all year long. And it's just how you manage that. You know, you're trying to get him through this season. You got some very tough games from very important games coming up. Uh, so, you know, we need him out on the field. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's ultimately up to Deshaun. I think they all, you know, as a group, they have to all be on the same page communicating. This is how I feel. Well, this is how the medical results look. And then in the coaching staff, can we count on to, to make it through an entire game? Or is this going to be a situation where he's one hit away, you know, just, uh, you know, not even a devastating hit, a big hit, just, you know, a normal tackle where he lands on his shoulder and he's out of the game, you know, which makes it tough for a coaching staff to prepare all week to get a guy ready to go. So, um, you know, I think it's just, uh, it takes a lot of communication, but I think ultimately in the end, at this point where he's kind of been cleared medically, I think it's all up to Deshaun and, and how he feels personally. Tim, uh, last thing, next week, uh, your former teammate Kelly Holcomb will be on the show for the first time. Do you have a question that you feel we need to ask Kelly Holcomb? <laughs> Man, I wasn't ready for that question. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can... I, I, see if we could uh, ask him if he knows if, if he knows he can dye his hair. You know he's full gray right now. So tell you guys to get him maybe a, uh, you know a, a hair dye sponsorship or something like that for coming on the show. I am a hundred percent going to ask him that now. Oh and, yep. and there you go. Thanks, Tim. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Thanks, All right, Tim. appreciate it, guys. Have a Thanks, good weekend. Tim. Thanks, there you go. Tim Couch. Man, he, he, he and that's sponsored by Just for Men. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get you that just from men out, th- out there. Listen, bro. Yeah, y'all be. Yeah, see, boo, you kind of great. How old is you? 52. Dang, bro. See, I'm. Uh, people be thinking. People think I'm like. I'm still like in my 30s. I'm like, no. Yeah. I, I got the gray. Uh, you got the gray, bro. I got the salt and pepper beard. Yeah, I was gonna say you're salt and pepper. You're salt yeah, and pepper. I'm salt and pepper. I mean, I got good hair coverage for 52. Yeah, yeah you do. I got good right. hair for 52. All right, I got the beard, beard and the hair now are kind of at equal length at this point. I even cleaned up the beard a little bit for TV. I, I seen it. Trimmed a little here, trimmed a little. We appreciate bottom. it. And both speaking of TV, yeah. we got to remind everybody one more time that from twelve thirty to one is thirty minutes right. of brand new, never before seen Browns Cardinals preview content, including a little Jim Schwartz nugget that is definitely worth talking about that could be oh, a yeah. factor later today. That's coming up about twelve forty-two today on the WKYC TV show. If you're not in Cleveland, you can watch on the WKYC mobile app or the WKYC Plus smartphone app. But from 1230 to 1, 30 minutes of brand new content, including the Browns Cardinals preview, headline predictions, and much, much more.
Guys, uh, something that like is quietly snuck up on us here. Thanksgiving? Well, that too. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving <laughs> is right around the corner, right? We're, right. we're three weeks away. Prime yeah. rib, baby. Prime rib. That's right. Mike's coming to my house uh, for Thanksgiving. Right. Having, we have prime rib, not turkey on Thanksgiving. Um, but uh, what snuck up on us here is the Browns' defense has stunningly been awful in the first quarter. This is a shocking statistic here. The Browns are giving up 7.4 points per game in the fourth quarter. That is the, first quarter. In the first, first quarter, quarter, sorry. That is the worst in the NFL. Now, they did give up 17 against Seattle this week. And you could say, well, what if you took that out? But if you took out every team, you can't, worst, take, that out. You can't take it out. So in the last two weeks in particular, 31 points have certainly boosted the numbers up. But what do we make of this, guys? Do we is this coincidence? Is it an anomaly? Like what what is it? Is there something about this? Because from the second quarter on, they've overall played great defense. But in the first quarter, they've not played well. What well, do you make of it, Jason? I, the part that I think is concerning is that the last two weeks they've given up what, thirty one points? Thirty one points. That's concerning. That's because it's terrible. The, it's the most recent. Yeah. But if you look at their – the part that's a little weird with this is if you look at their sort of advanced metrics, the defensive EPA expected points allowed, they're still among the leaders for first quarter. Yeah. They're up there with the 49ers and some of the other elite defenses that you would think. But then on the point side, they're at the bottom. So that part doesn't – How do we explain? Have you done the I, – I, uh, maybe we – somebody – one of us needs to do this research. When, when, you're, when the analytics say, hey, you're still one of the best – but the the points that's what say matters you stink and that is what matters ultimately How, what accounts for that i think that they're giving up sixes instead of threes you know when you're giving up touchdowns and the other team's giving up field goals that's how that can happen where your epa may be high but your actual is terrible and right there is four four, four touchdowns in the first quarter of the last two weeks so that i think more than anything is probably i mean if you go back 2 weeks ago they probably weren't. We're not having this conversation, right? Sure. So a lot of this, I think, is well. Yeah, we're thirty-one. They had give, I mean, that means they gave up twenty-one in the first. Uh, how many games have they played? Seven. So twenty-one in the first five games, which means they were giving up like four, right. little over four right. points per game, which would be right in the middle of the pack. Which would be middle, right of the in pack. the middle of the yeah. pack. Yeah. So I think more than anything, it's just they had really bad starts the last two weeks. Is how I look at it yeah. defensively, and really, it's nothing more than that until we have more data, right, to see. Uh, but you know, I mean. When we did the interview with Jay Gruden, you know, I asked Jay about that. And Jay said, I think it was Bill Belichick, who said, basically, you just want to survive that first, the scripted plays. Just survive. Get through those. And then you can sort of, then you settle into the game once you get off script. Right. Because both teams spend so much time on that script. And what's interesting about the script is it's, I don't want to get off topic here, but it's not necessarily the first 15 play calls of the game are the script. If you get a penalty on the kickoff and you're backed up to the goal line, you're right, not, you're not running the sure. script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it may take you a long time to get through those scripted plays. It's not necessarily just, well, right. this is what three, we worked on for right. first down. Where that's what we're going to call, even though we're backed up on our own goal right. line. Or you have a turnover. Or the, right. You go three and out right. in the first. You know, so it's, it's not yeah. necessarily that you call the first 15 plays are your script. Right. Uh, but I think with the Browns defensively, a lot of that might be what Jay was talking about. Just survive that. Just get through that. See what the other team's doing. And, and then, then go from there. Yeah. G, are you concerned? Um, man, you know, basically when you're on defense, you're just guessing. Like, you're just doing educated guessing. Like, okay, what, what, do, what do we think they're going to come out in, right? 
And, you know, when Jason talks about the scripted plays, people's just making up new plays. So you're going to see in the first quarter, all new plays. Just like anything you watched on film, you're not getting those plays. These are all, hey, this is what the Cleveland Browns just did last week. These are the plays we think we can catch them and get some points, right? And so he, a lot of times where, where you want to you make your money at is if you say, okay, we can hold them to three, maybe they get off schedule or get off track with the simple fact that they have, uh, you know, they got the ball first and maybe they get a, a holding penalty. You get a holding penalty on a, on a big play on a drive, now you're first to 20. And now, once again, they're off schedule. So now you get an opportunity to stop me them a little bit. But, but when you go back and if you could put those points up, the, those totals uh, by quarter. You got by quarter? Yeah. Um, you start to see where where they, the Browns are very good. The Browns are really awesome um, in the third quarter. I believe it was 13 yeah. points that they're giving up in the third quarter. That means after they didn't exhausted all them little plays, the trick plays, all the scripted stuff, you come out in halftime and the Browns not giving you nothing. Uh, now here's That's a less than two points per game in the second quarter. Right. Where do they rank there, Mike? You know, first. In I'm the sorry, NFL. in the third quarter. Jeez. First in the NFL. They're number one. And in the NFL. That yeah. number right there is keeping them in the game with a bat with a backup terrible quarterback. That because they're not, when you come out, they make it in the adjustments, and now the Browns because once again, you, you're not, you're out of the scripted plays, and now the Browns are able to just run the ball, be methodical. And then you can flip the field. Yeah. And if I'm getting turnovers, we flip the field. Now we can, we can start getting on the board and getting three points or seven points. So yeah. I think a lot of the first quarter is, is the fact that, you know, like Jason said, you're just trying to figure that people know the Cleveland Browns are good. So you're going to get their best punch in the first part of the first quarter because that, those are the plays that they've schemed together that think they're going to be successful. The only thing I would say to both of you guys about that is, isn't everybody having to deal with that same situation in the first quarter? I am a little. Go ahead, Mike. Real quick, I, I do apologize. Yeah. They are second okay, in third fine. quarter points allowed. Buffalo is allowing 1.5. Cleveland's at 1.9. Okay. So min- minimal difference. Gotcha. But. Gotcha. I am a little concerned about the first quarter numbers because the last two weeks it's been a major issue. Yes. Like, if, if, if they, you know, the first five weeks they gave up a few touchdowns, but there are a couple games they gave up nothing. But the fact that they've given up 31 points the last two weeks, to let's face it, I mean, the Seahawks' offense is, you know, good but not amazing. And the Colts' offense is just, eh. Now, they're not facing a lot of great quarterbacks the rest of the way. And one of those two, the best quarterback they're facing the rest of the season is Burrow, who hasn't played his best football against the Browns. But uh, it is a little concerning. I'm not panicked about it, but it is a little concerning. And it's, it's, I bet you that is very unusual for a team. And again, it's only not even at the halfway point of the season. But I'm guessing it is not common for a team to be dead last in, in terms of defense, giving up points in the first quarter, or if you want to say first, they've given up the most. And then be the number two team in terms of not, you know, not giving up points in the third quarter. I get it, and that's a credit to, to Jim Schwartz. I agree with you that he is able to adjust, and they're great in the third quarter. But you'd think they'd at least be middle of the road in the first yeah. quarter, which is where they were before the last two weeks. Yeah. But the fact that they've been so bad the last two weeks has me a little concerned. Sure, and I mean, if Arizona comes out and runs right down the field on them. Well, yeah, there's no excuse That's there. That's a problem. And I, I guess if you, if you have to have one or the other, you'd rather be 
worse in the first quarter. Sure. And then tighten up the rest of the way. Yes. But also with all the problems that this team's had offensively, you don't really want to be in a big hole. No. Really either. And, and have this is not an offense right now that's built for playing from behind. Definitely not. That's, that's one of the things, as, as a defensive player playing defense, I think people don't they, don't, they don't estimate how much pressure that is to not give up points. Like, I mean, these guys are professionals just like you, and you can, you can, you, everybody can be on schedule, 10 guys can do their job, and one guy just gets beat on a good throw, or, or different things like that. So for me, it's kind of difficult to hold guys to those points. And, yeah. and look, sometimes you're going to have a bad week. You have a bad week. You miss an assignment. Things like, like that happen. Yeah. But, but since your offense is so much you know, below what your defensive standards are, you kind of have to, like, the defense has to play at a certain level every week to give themselves a chance to win. We kind of have some sort of breaking news here, guys. Um, it's not necessarily news yet, but it's definitely worth discussing right. in terms of these tweets. And we got all three. We got Zach, Mary Kay, and Tom Withers. So if you let me read them to you, Bull, real quick, we'll take them on screen. Okay. And we can discuss this real quick before we get into the five stats you need to know. But Zach Jackson of The Athletic yeah. tweeted, Deshaun Watson was first in every line. The start of practice looked just like it did two Fridays ago when he played against Indy. Otherwise, there's no real tell on the status or that he's ready to play well. Game statuses will come in an hour or so. Then Mary Kay at the same time tweeted, Deshaun Watson took all the first-team reps in part of the open media portion of practice Friday. Certainly looks like he's starting Sunday versus the Cardinals. And Tom Withers, who also is at practice, tweeted, Deshaun Watson took all the reps while we were out there. It looks like he'll start, but nothing official yet. Guys, we could have an announcement. I disagree with sometime this. Sometime in the next hour. I think this is a bad move. I, they, I think they need to set him another week. You can win this game without him. And I, we've seen nothing to this point to indicate that he's healthy and ready to go. I think you should sit another week and bring him back against Baltimore. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I say if he goes out there and he looks bad and, or he has a setback, I think you can't do this no more. You just have to go. You have to put him on IR. I, I, I want to agree with you. I mean, I do agree with you, but I don't think they're going to. There's nothing in this recent track record that makes me think that even if he plays this week and he has a and setback it's a bad, and it goes badly that he that they're going to put him on IR. And I think they will keep doing this. This each week, <laughs> I, I guess we'll find out Sunday if you're right, and they should have waited another week. I and mean, maybe another week doesn't make any difference. And, maybe and this it is what, what it I'm is saying. Like at this point, they may think look, he may be saying the doctors may say this is as good as his shoulder's going to get. Yeah. So he, he can, he's either got to find a way to play at this level of health, or he can't play. That there may be no other. That if you sit him another week, it's not going to make a difference. Right. And if they're saying that, then yes, he should play because why not see what he looks like against Arizona before you got to play against Baltimore? A couple other things, real quick, before we get back to Watson. Shoot. Guys who did not practice today. I saw this tweet from Scott Petrak. Greg Newsom, David Bell, 
Alex Wright not practicing. Uh, Alex Wright, who cares, really? David Bell, you know. But between trading uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and maybe David Bell not playing, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. It sounds like Cedric Tillman will get some opportunity. an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, this week. Because, I mean, at this point, he's – I mean, he's probably be their fourth receiver this week. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, but it it also sounds like Greg Newsom's not going to play because he, no. he left the game and, and he hasn't practiced all week. So, I, I would assume he's not going to play. Out. Shout out to Cam Mitchell. You'll be playing, right? Oh, he should have had that pick. He should have that, that pick. That pick. That would have been a pick a six. Far different conversation all week if Damn. he picks that off. In the game, son. My coach used to say that out of time. Yeah. In the game, be the hero, right? Get the girl after the game. Yeah. Right? Pick it off. Come on. He had That's twice. They had who had it in, the, in his hands against the 49ers? Damn. I can't Wouldn't remember. the 49ers? Yeah, I think there was interception another one against in his the 49ers. hands. I don't remember. The game. It's something about Northwestern cornerbacks and INTs, man. I just don't, they don't it go hand to hand. It's not yeah. what they do up there. That's right. <laughs> well, we're going to talk as, as more information comes in, as we get yeah, more ever. tweets and info from practice. Yeah. We're going to spend the first 10 minutes of the TV show on WKYC breaking down the quarterbacks. Yeah. It looks like what, Deshaun will start. We'll talk about what that means. It's trending that way, yes. And it's trending that way. So we'll certainly get back to that. We are not going to ignore that. Uh, and you can watch it on WKYC or the WKYC Plus apps or the WKYC mobile apps. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.